You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Oh, and I have to tell you, I have a catchphrase at work that people weirdly love and I didn't start doing I've never said these words ever and I said them once and people loved it so I did the thing where you keep repeating the joke yeah okay whenever anybody does something like smart or suggests an idea that like nobody's thought of I lean over and I say smart cookie and people (laughs) love it (laughs) do you because you're enjoying your new job but Mm. I bet I like when new people start at work because I feel like you have fresh perspectives Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to learn from someone new Mm -hmm. um and it just feels like a little bit of a challenge sometimes because you have to like you're adapting to each other's working styles but I think probably coming from teaching I like having new people because it reminds me of everything that I know and Mm -hmm. everything I've learned and the growth I've had since I started yeah it's cool it really changes the dynamic when Mm -hmm. a new person is around like I feel like it brings out different sides of people and especially where I work there are a lot of people who have been there like their whole career Mm -hmm. so things do get kind of stale after a certain point so it's funny when like a new person joins the team especially in like a group dynamic it really changes just the relationships that are there and like I don't know sometimes strengthens things I hope I'm only strengthening the dynamic I definitely am shaking some things up but like it's been good I think hopefully that's good so (laughs) would you say their feedback was giving you words of affirmation (laughs) look at Kelly with the segue today yeah so this week I will say like I did not come up with this topic on my own Um, my for you page and Instagram feed were like bombarded with this type of content yeah I've seen it a lot Um, lately too but love languages because I guess we'll go through them first so we'll start with like so the traditional love languages there's five so there's words of affirmation quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. And when we say love languages, we're talking about, like, how you show and express love and how you, like, like it received, right? Okay, cool. Do you know your love language? I have done many a BuzzFeed quiz, Mm -hmm. and for me, it's acts of service is Mm. how is how I express love and how I also like love expressed to me Mm -hmm. I do think it definitely stems from a bit of an a I don't want to say negative but an area I'm trying to work on is I do not ever ask for help no matter how much I need it there's probably some childhood issues in there maybe we'll talk about that in therapy this week but we also talked about this with like ask versus guest families Mm. And we're both guest families, right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, we're both guest families. So yeah, continue. What's your love language? Mine is definitely quality time. So Mm. like if someone texts me and is like, hey, I need to run errands. Do you want to hop in the car and follow along? I think I've said this before. Like that is my favorite thing to do ever. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that comes from like growing up twins and like not ever having to do things alone and like realistically the first like 20 years of my life. Mm. Well, our first solo hangout I'm not sure if you remember this was when we were getting Annie some sex toys for her bachelorette (laughs) that was our second we went for coffee first (laughs) oh yeah we went for coffee and we both cried in a coffee shop and then their second (laughs) hangout was we bought 
um, sex toys. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, for you, I knew right away quality time because I was, I remember thinking like, does, will this take two people? Like, I was like, I don't understand why both of us are going. But then like halfway through the errand, I was like, oh no, this is Kelly telling me that she likes me because she wants to drag me around, <laughs> you know? And like the older I get, the more I realize that like, I think I do require some mm. words of affirmation. Yeah. But it's, like, more of, like, an overthinking thing than, like, mm. a love thing for me. But I think it still relates. Mm. Do you know your lowest one? My lowest one? Oh, like, like the one I'm least likely? Ooh, that's a good one. You know? Mine is physical touch. I I think for me it's physical touch. Like, well, you know, I don't like people who are, like, not in my inner circle touching me. Like, I just am, like, if I just met you, I don't want to hug. That was a big thing I noticed at work. Like, when I first mm-hmm. started, there were a lot of people who, like, day one, they are like, patting me on the shoulder or, like, touching my arm. And I kind of was, like, you're giving me the ick. <laughs> like, mm. don't touch me. Like, was it, like, were they in an older generation? Yeah. It was mm. a lot. There are, like, it's basically, like, two crowds of people at work. It's, like, the people who are the lifers who've been there for their whole career. And then there are the people who, as the lifers start to move on or retire or whatever, it's the younger people coming in. So the younger mm. people, I've noticed, are very... I'm going to move behind you or is it okay if I do this? It's very much consent focus, which Mm -hmm. I respond to very well. And like if somebody asks for my consent to touch me, like I'll not to be weird, but like, yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Just let me know what's about to happen. I don't like a random old man grabbing me by the elbow or like poking me on the shoulder to get my attention. I don't like being startled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So dilly dally. But one cool thing I noticed at my family reunion Mm -hmm. is like, No one was asking for, well, some people were asking, but everyone was very respectful with, like, the younger kids about hugs. Oh, yeah. And even with, like, the adults, like, people kind of, like, felt things out. So some Mm -hmm. people were hugging. Some people gave handshakes. One of my um, older cousins is, like, he's a big hugger. Oh, yeah. So, like, if any of the other, like, men usually tried to give him a handshake, Mm -hmm. he'd be like, I would rather hug you, but we can handshake <laughs> if you want. But he gave them, like, the opening, yeah, um, which was really cool. But the first night I was out there, um, so the youngest of my cousin's kids are five and three. Mm-hmm. And the five-year-old, like, got ready for bed and was out of there. Yeah. And the three-year-old, like, came over to, like, still up. And he's like, I have two bedtime hugs to give out. Oh. So the first one went to his uncle, his actual <laughs> uncle, because oh, everyone sweet. else was being called aunt and uncle too. Yeah. Uh, and then he looks around the circle and he was like, and the second one is also going to my uncle. <laughs> and everyone just kind of like laughed and they were fine with it. So yeah. no one was like pressuring him. Yeah. Um, the second night, like same thing. He comes to like wave goodnight to us mm-hmm. and he goes, no hugs today. Oh, Um, I love that. And was totally cool with it. And the other one, like the five-year-old, the slightly older one, Mm -hmm. like literally hid behind his dad. So I'd been like uh, playing with them like earlier in the day, like pulling him around in an old wagon, which actually was my (laughs) old wagon as a kid. But I was just like unleashing my inner child and having the best time. Yeah. And one of the kids, he he was just kind of like, you could tell he was very overstimulated because they'd actually yeah. been there all week playing mm-hmm. with, like, their cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, like, snuck around the circle hiding behind his dad. We could all see him. Mm-hmm. And then gave me a bedtime hug. Aww. So I got the only bedtime hug of the weekend oh from God. him. Yeah. And I was like, that's so nice. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I think it's a very interesting time because, like, I feel like so many people are – 
starting to understand that you can love somebody and you don't have to have it be expressed in one uniform way. Mm-hmm. Like there are many different ways. John and I were talking about this because I am going to be fully honest with you. I do not fully prescribe to this belief of the five love languages. I, okay, good. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> apparently there's seven now anyways. <laughs> See, the thing is, I it, it is a very human thing to want to take an idea as complicated as mm-hmm. love and try to basically categorize it, organize it, and figure it out. And, like, what I'm realizing as I get older and my relationships with people become more complex and become more multifaceted, the more I'm realizing, like, it's kind of silly to me to try to take such an arbitrary, larger-than-life concept as love and tr- try to reduce it to something as simple as, you know, saying nice words or spending time together or, like, getting a gift because it's, like, like I love acts of service. That's my, my main way I communicate love, but that doesn't mean I don't engage with anything else just as much. Like, for example, um, John, John got some disappointing news recently that kind of knocked his confidence a little bit. And, like, Right away, I was not expressing my love to him by Mm -hmm. performing an act of service in some capacity. My first instinct was to give him words of affirmation and reassure him, like, you're an awesome human being. Like, I'm sorry this didn't work out, but there are going to be many other opportunities. And don't let this one thing stop you from thinking X, Y, Z. And yeah, like, it's, it's, I don't know if you, we were talking about this on the car way, car ride over here too. If I'm correct, and somebody looked this up for me, I'm pretty sure the five love language actually originated as a concept created by like a Baptist preacher. Ooh, and, interesting. Yeah, in order to redefine and firm up gender roles. Oh, and like the balance of like patriarchy and yeah, matriarchy. Yeah. And like obviously it's been bastardized enough that that meaning no longer really applies. But yeah, I just I don't fully prescribe to this that mm-hmm. we're talking about. I think it's an interesting I think I see the the good in it because like, for example, one of the weirdest things I had to get over early on in our relationship is one of John's key ways that he expresses affection is by gifts or things with high monetary value. Mm. And when you grow up with from a very humble background, like I do, whenever somebody gives you a gift or, ta- you know, pays for your lunch or buys you something, all I can see is like the dollar amount attached to that and wonder why are you giving that to me? What do you want from me in Mm. exchange from that? So very early on, like, you know, John, he was taking me to lots of really nice dinners, uh, very expensive dates. He was like showering me. Every time I saw him, he would like have a new thing for me. And I got really turned off really quickly because it felt like in a way he was like buying me felt like similar where I'm Mm -hmm. also like I can't keep up yeah Where sometimes like the activities are like super great in theory but Mm -hmm. I'm like one this isn't like I appreciate the value of this but Mm -hmm. it isn't what I would have picked yeah because I haven't like especially if it's early on and you haven't had a chance to like communicate yeah like your interests yet or have those conversations but Mm -hmm. but then again on the flip side like I have a lot of friendships where we like trade the same $25 back and forth (laughs) yes yes I have one friend where she invites you to dinner she's paying Mm -hmm. and it's actually a great strategy because then like 
like down the road someone will be like oh like she took me to dinner like I should pay it back mm-hmm. so then you end up alternating like really easily like, which I love that's really cool when you guys are on the same financial wavelength let's mm. talk about that so when when John and I first started going out like I I wasn't really making any money I was still freelancing mm-hmm. I was pretty much breaking even every month and at that point in his career John had a really financially lucrative career and mm-hmm. he was very comfortable and it it started making this really weird dynamic where I constantly felt like I owed him in some capacity mm. so like I mean on the one hand like for all I'm saying I did end up with the love of my life and everything turned out okay so let's preface it with that but at Uh, early on I really felt like I couldn't say no or couldn't like suggest an alternate idea that like financially felt better for me or I just had a really difficult time laying out boundaries because it in my mind I was constantly laying out like I knew exactly how much money John was spending on everything and like and you were like (laughs) I was like cataloging it all. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how do I make up for this in a way that's not financial? And it just, it created this kind of really strange dynamic that if you were friends with me at that time, I would pretty much be like, how how do you deal with a boyfriend who makes a lot of money and is spending it on you in a way that almost makes you feel uncomfortable? And some people are like, this is the dream. This is what I want. Yes. But (laughs) but that's why love languages, like there are flaws to them. Mm. So there's this taco analogy and I took a, put a screenshot here but I actually like can't read oh it's by Joshua Perez yes okay so he defines that he uses tacos Mm -hmm. so words of affirmation your tacos are delicious Mm -hmm. acts of service I made you tacos yes um receiving gifts here's a taco Mm -hmm. quality time let's go out for tacos together yes and then physical touch let me hold you like a taco (laughs) yes and I've seen this with burritos So I feel like everyone understands, like, what the love languages are. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm still on Hinge. I'm, like, not... You're not again, on it, on it, but... Yeah, instead of deleting my profile, I'm just, like, not being proactive on yeah. it. So I'm not swiping, but I still, like, browse and see. Mm-hmm. You can see who liked you first, which I've said is my favorite feature. Yeah. Honestly, like, I should count, but I think 99% of the men I've seen on there list physical touch as their love language. And I <laughs> went on a date, a couple of dates with one of them, and I talked about this before, where... Like, oh. yeah, we had, like, good uh, conversations about boundaries and consent and everything, mm-hmm. like, early on. And he checked in. He's like, are you, like, does this pacing feel good to you? And I was like, mm-hmm. that's so nice. Mm-hmm. And then, like, our fourth date, maybe, also our last one, <laughs> we had a conversation in the car where we had, like, the consent talk again. Um, and I was like, I like to move slow. And... I realized in that moment, or the next day, I had to process it, that I was talking about, like, how things were progressing emotionally because, like, Mm. I need that first for anything physical to feel comfortable. Yeah. And he made a comment. He's like, I'm fine with, like, getting physical early on and then, like, developing that together as we go um, and getting into, like, more of, like, the details or, like, nuances, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, okay, so this whole time he's been doing check-ins, he's being, like, can we bang yet, (laughs) and he made a point of saying physical touch was his love language, and I was, like, no, because, like, he was not a hugger, like, in, at no point in any of those dates did he try to hold my hand, we were on a walk, and I walked so close to him, Mm -hmm. and I, because physical touch isn't my love language, like, in a lot of cases, I'm, like, 
open to the option, but I'm not going to initiate because, like, it just does yeah. nothing for me. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, for stuff like hand-holding or hugs, like, most of the time, like, it's nice, but I'm not going to, like, go home gushing about that. I'm going to be, like, we had a nice walk and we got to spend all this time together. Mm-hmm. And, like, the physical proximity is, like, whatever. Unless... On the flip side, someone is, like, making me uncomfortable, which he wasn't. Um, But it was just one of those things where I was, like, like craving physical intimacy and having physical touch as a love language. Because, like, physical touch as a love language, like, I don't see that as, like, sex necessarily. No, me neither. That's, like, hand-holding or, Mm -hmm. like, playing footsies like you Mm -hmm. did in high school with your crush or, like, forehead kisses. Like, (laughs) it's physical, like intimacy without needing to be sex it's occupying physical space together yeah that's what it is it's about remaining like physically tethered to one another especially in public spaces and I think that's part of like my issue with the five love languages is I feel like a nobody really truly understands what they mean and so it it leads to a lot lots of stories like yours where it's like oh my favorite way to show you that I'm interested in, you know, dating you is to bang you right away. When it's actually like, well, no, that's, that's not what that means. That's going to give me the it. Yeah. So we were not compatible. And I think, like, part of the issue is, too, I feel like whenever you create specific categories about something, there's always going to be people who are trying to, like, quantify them and be like, how does this, you know, for how does this equal to that and how much of this equals one of those you know what I mean like so for me my my love language is acts of service so when I want to show John that I care about him you know I'll say to him like how about you go out and like play golf go to the gym go to yoga class like do something just for you that you love and then while I'm at home instead of doing you know instead of watching Gilmore Girls for a couple hours or like vegging out on my phone I'm gonna take some time to clean up the kitchen for you or I'm going to take some time to like wash all our bedding and so when you come home and it's time for bed you get to go into like a really neat bed and one of the issues John and I had is like okay so like I do all this housework how does that quantify to like receiving gifts and that was one of our things really early on is like I felt so uncomfortable with John you know, giving me all this this stuff and like taking me out to all these places and always footing the bill that I was like constantly trying to find acts of service that would equate those two things or those things. And like it gets to a certain point where I'm like, now I feel like I'm assigning a dollar value to my love for you when realistically, like how, how do you assign a dollar value to like washing the bedding and making the bed like am Mm -hmm. I going by like the price of water and figuring out the math of like how much detergent I use like it's just I feel like it it's just too multifaceted (laughs) so like well and I think what we now know in this day and age is everything is a spectrum Mm -hmm. and I find personally like um personality tests or BuzzFeed quizzes like Mm -hmm. the Myers-Briggs one is a good example where I can get a different response depending on the day time of day or mood I'm in while taking it. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's people are, it's like we've talked about this, people are scared yeah. of the uncertain. So then sometimes you're so busy trying to quantify it that you're not actually like experience it. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like when you get too caught up in the this hidden vernacular of love languages, I feel like 
it really takes away from like at the end of the day, you're just trying to express your love for someone. Yeah. It does not need to be this complicated. And we don't need to analyze everything. Like, yeah. you can just acknowledge that someone did something nice for you. Mm-hmm. I had a funny moment with a friend recently where, um, like, we were hanging out, but we were doing, like, like a screen break. Like, we just watched a movie, and we are like, okay, we're taking, like, a series 15 where we're both just going to scroll, catch up on the external world, and then get back to hanging out. Yeah. But she, like, was giggling, and she was like, I want to buy this for your house. And she showed me this. It was a Halloween decoration, but it was a skeleton (gasps) sitting on a toilet reading a book. That's so you, Kelly. And I was like, it is. But I don't want you to buy that for me because, like, I feel like in my space, like, I I would love to be a minimalist. I'm not quite there yet. No. So finding the right balance of, like, if I have too much clutter, I get Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So finding that balance of having things be, like, everything having a place but also being cozy so like Mm. people aren't scared to make a mess at my house yeah um and I was like I would love it if you just sent me the picture and said this made me think of you I do not actually want that in my house (laughs) and she was like fair enough but she's someone where like gifts are one of her love languages Mm. Mm -hmm. so for me I it's so hard to buy gifts for those people because you (laughs) never know if they are just happy to give any get anything, mm-hmm. like I have a friend who, like, if you find like an enamel pin or something that mm-hmm. makes you think of her and like drop it off, like she'll gush over it and be so excited because it's the thought behind it. Mm-hmm. So I found like my strategy with people who have gifts as like a love language that they've defined mm-hmm. is like I almost like start storytelling and I'll be like. I, so I'm, like, a big fan of getting a bunch of little things and trying to be thoughtful. I mean, like, yeah. I got this because it reminded me of, like, this memory we have. Yeah. And then so, like, even in the process of, like, giving gifts, I'm relating it back to, like, mm-hmm. quality time. But, yeah. okay, so the new, the new love languages are activity, appreciation, emotional, financial, intellectual, physical, and practical. And I like that there's some expansion because I feel like that's more inclusive Mm -hmm. but I also feel like it's just more of like trying to put people in a box yeah and I feel like for like for me especially as like my relationship with John goes on for longer amounts of time like we've been together five years now and what I was just talking about that was like very early on in our relationship Mm -hmm. and I feel like as our relationship grows, changes, and stands the tests of time, I've noticed our love languages are changing with it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely. you're growing as people. Yeah, definitely. And, like, especially now that we're both, like, John's in school, he's working um, as much as he can. I'm working a full-time job again out of the house. Like, I find... I'm less concerned about doing the dishes and doing the laundry when I'm home and more concerned with where is my partner? I just want to spend time with you. I want to park it on the couch and like snuggle up under a big blanket and do whatever as long as you're there. And yeah, I feel like we're just kind of moving past this age of putting people in boxes. And I feel like we've all realized it's actually more fun to roam free without the box without the pen we are free-range chickens right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think yeah it also like depends on the circumstances like there's some times when like maybe you want it like you can clearly define what you need Mm -hmm. but like other times you just need to know that the other person is there 
Yeah. Um, we have a mutual friend whose love language I strongly suspect is also quality time. Yes. Um, so yes. I actually saw her yesterday. Oh, you did? Because um, she's a new baby at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just texted her and I was like, hey, I'm at HomeSense um, by your, in your neighborhood. Mm. Um, can I drop off coffee? And what it actually was, so <laughs> years ago for her birthday, like mm-hmm. I want to say like seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. I found this candle at HomeSense. It is like the best candle either of us has ever smelled. Really? We called it the boyfriend in a bottle or something like that <gasps> because it was like a whiskey. Oh, yes. Whiskey wood kind mm-hmm. of scent. Yum. It was so good. And we find it online. And of course, it's like, I got it for $12. How much it's was a $40 it? $40 candle what? and shipping was $36 per Shut candle. The fuck up. So I was like, I am not paying $75 for one candle. Capitalism That's strikes again. A regular size. Also, just like living in Canada, there's some yeah. stuff that like you have to get through a third party, which means you can't directly order it, which oh, is. Oh no, we have to go to Winners. We have to go to HomeSense. Like, yeah. Life is tough. Like my sister are going to the States next weekend. Yeah. And I cannot wait to go to Target because you see Dude. stuff from Target all over the internet and it's cute. It's affordable. Oh my God. And you just, hit a TJ Maxx for me when you're down there. Just hit it. Just send me pictures. I don't yeah. need anything. Just send me a pic of what's there. But if you want anything from, uh, I'm not checking a bag, so that'll put some yeah. limitations. No, don't buy me anything. I don't want it. The <laughs> friends and family we're staying with were, are taking us to Trader Joe's for sure. Fuck yeah. So if there's any like spices or anything, I will have room to bring those back. Oh my there's God. There's a chili lime one that my mom really likes, so <gasps> oh I'm going to buy it for myself. Yeah. And um, yeah, but anyways, like... <laughs> I found a candle at the shop that is locally made out of Calgary. Oh, my God. And it's not a perfect match, but it's, like, three different types of wood. And it's more lightly scented than the one we had found before. Mm. But I feel like the older I get, the more I appreciate, like, a little more subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like at this age, we're better at cleaning. So you're not covering (laughs) up. Like an overflowing garbage, an overflowing litter box in my yeah. house, or like, like a sticky microwave. Like I feel like I try to be on top of those things. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, like I was like fully prepared to just do like a coffee and candle mm-hmm. like a uh, porch drop off because like she's busy. I was like, mm-hmm. if there's nap time happening, I don't want to interrupt it. Yeah, and I ended up like sitting on the couch and just being there and existing mm-hmm. in the same room for an hour mm-hmm. and afterwards she was like that was great she was like like the candle and coffee are nice too but mm-hmm. like the drop-ins are what is like yeah. really making a good difference like having a new baby because it's hard oh yeah plus like on top of like I don't know what her deal is but like most of my friends who've had babies like we call it like postpartuming out where you're just yeah. like in the middle of adjusting to your new life Mm-hmm. your new role of being a mom and all that responsibility, all that responsibility of a fragile life and your community like kind of on the outside mm-hmm. you know like it's really such an isolating time and I feel like I feel like now that I'm older I wish I could go back and like now that I understand more I wish I could go back and be there a little bit more mm-hmm. for my friends who who entered that pretty early on in their lives I'm like I didn't realize how important quality time would be, especially when you're going through mental health stuff. Like I think, Mm -hmm. and now that we're thinking about it, I think the best use of the five love languages 
instead of applying it to yourself and considering it an absolute. I feel like it's about knowing these languages and knowing when to speak them. I think yeah. that is that is the trick of it. And understanding that like my acts of service is that's not always going to apply to every mm-hmm. single situation. But like understanding when to stop speaking my language and learning another person's tongue, for lack of a better term. So when you're dating, like going back to your hinge thing, like I know people put it in their category. Like, is there a specific category that you're looking for? Oh, I don't I don't use that prompt so it's not on my profile mm. but like do you think that would be in theory like a good way to go about finding friends or potential partners or just like people in your community like maybe looking at maybe just being a little more conscious of like how you notice them expressing affection and like is it like a Pokemon team where you want like one of each type in your circle I think no because I appreciate being around people that Mm. um, challenge me to like learn or grow or just like have a different perspective so Mm. like I don't want to date someone that's just like me I already have a twin that's true so I think that's part of why I'm so picky is like I don't want to like, I've mm-hmm. been a package – I am a package deal already. Mm-hmm. Like, at the family reunion, um, <laughs> like, my, my sister's a nurse, so her schedule is tough. So she actually came out and visited two weeks before mm-hmm. um, grandma's birthday because there was some family stuff happening, and it was, like – it was useful and practical for her to be there then, mm-hmm. which meant she couldn't also get the time off for the family reunion. Mm-hmm. And so, like – every. Most people at that family reunion were like, oh, where's Molly? And they always ask me, mm. um, which is fair because I do always know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but I was like, I already kind of have like that package deal partnership. So mm. for me, um, like it's finding the right mix of someone that can challenge you a little bit without being like completely outside my comfort zone. Because we've talked mm. about like chameleon energy where I have a tendency yeah. to try to like fit myself to the environment Mm. so I think the reason I'm so picky is because like I know which version of myself I want to be and I know like which Mm. habits which goals are important Mm -hmm. so then it's like picturing um like how that's gonna work Mm. actually was supposed to go on a hinge coffee date this morning (laughs) and yesterday we just had a conversation where both of us like want completely different things in the next five years oh forget it like I moved to Vancouver for a year for a job and then was ecstatic that I could move back yeah and his like five-year plan is to end up on the coast and I was like for me like part of it is like financial I was like I don't want to spend all my money like Mm -hmm. living somewhere yeah you want to be able to leave and experience other things Yeah, because I found, I mean, I was also there in 2020, so, like, my, Uh, it's a biased view of what that city is like, (laughs) but I, like, even growing up, like, I never had big dreams to move out there because Mm -hmm. I've always kind of wanted to, like, have the financial freedom to, like, go visit places Mm -hmm. without really stressing about it so being like having like financial stability yeah and maybe we have to deal with some minus 40 weather for a week or two in the winter but for me that's like a fair trade-off for like the long-term like financial stability because Mm -hmm. like Edmonton is just a lot more affordable than other places that you live in can live in Canada Mm -hmm. especially right now like Toronto Vancouver even Calgary starting to get really pricey um I had a whole conversation about this with my uber driver last night about how it's just getting so unaffordable 
to live like anywhere but he was saying like he came from Jordan and he's just like yeah but like if you aren't living here where would you live and I didn't have an answer for him I was like honestly my my only backup plan is like moving to an almost abandoned town in Ireland and just Mm -hmm. getting that government grant to fix up that house and trying to make it work over there like that cottage core life oh that's all I want that looks so aesthetic but is such hard work in execution I know but I'm like I I have farmers in my blood. Mm-hmm. If there's a potato in the province of Alberta being grown, my family had something to do with it. So, but back to love languages. Well, and I think in order for like knowing your love language, in order for that to be like useful at all, you have to be able to discuss it. So yeah. like, I feel like I've met people who are like, my love language is this. So I don't want to do that where it's like, it's also about compromise. So it's figuring mm-hmm. out how you prefer to receive love, mm-hmm. recognizing how you give love, and figuring out, like, where the where that matches up with the other person. I think, too, as, like, the more I've been thinking about this throughout this conversation, like, I think the one I have the hardest time receiving, like, physical touch, if somebody wants to give me a hug, like, I will receive it and take it with good intention. But I think the one I have the hardest time accepting from other people is words of affirmation. Like, I think I have a really hard time with people being earnest and considerate and kind to me. And it's, it's interesting. Like, I feel like how you receive also says a lot of like, you know, the little bits of baggage we all haul around with us throughout the day. And like, as we've been having this conversation, like whenever somebody gets emotionally intimate with me, I feel that, that wall of humor Mm. coming up and it's almost like I can't even receive it. Like every other thing on this list, the quality time, the physical touch, the acts of service, the receiving gifts, like I am able to accept that and acknowledge that it's coming from a place of love. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like with words of affirmation, I'm so quick to be like, I don't really deserve this. And I know you're just saying it because you feel like you need to. So like, I'm just going to deflect really quickly. And I just think it's interesting as much as I want to say, like, don't take stock in this because this is such an oversimplified concept of of love. I think it's also interesting to know your own reactions Mm -hmm. to these because I think it, it will reveal something very terrifying and psychological about you see that see I was getting emotionally intimate and immediately the humor comes up well and I I've gotten better with it so I don't fully deflect like Mm -hmm. compliments anymore but I think it's easier to receive indirectly where if someone compliments like um an outfit that I was wearing in like a picture I posted Mm -hmm. like I can respond like really graciously without whereas in pocket in person like I feel like I default to like thanks it has pockets yeah like (laughs) thanks like someone picked this out for me um, or something like that um but I think like with the love languages the most important thing to remember maybe the only important thing to remember is like just be nice to other people. So, mm. like, there's a very wholesome trend all over my TikTok right now, um, and it's an account. So, like, there's some planning that goes into it. Of course, but, it's curated, yeah. In this case, I actually really like it. So, they do drive-by compliments. Oh, I love that. Yes, I know. it's all wholesome, mm-hmm. and they uh, – it's – people always expect it to be catcalling. Yeah. But they, they'll say things like, you look like you know how to fold a fitted sheet. So, like, they 
they talk about like skills that are desirable yeah. or they'll like compliment how someone like curated their outfit or they'll mm-hmm. be like, man, your smile is like yeah. so nice to look at. So they focus on um, like kind of like innate abilities mm-hmm. or aspects that people have control over so it's Mm -hmm. never like on physical appearance Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that I actually like compliments about like my outfit choice Mm -hmm. way more than anything like that yeah or like the other day someone was like oh like you look super confident in that photo and I was like thank you I was like oh I do want to hear that well like my thing is if it's like same with like giving criticism to someone let's say if it's not something I can like change in five minutes I don't want to talk about it like, yeah, I used to like when I had really bad acne, I don't know why people felt the need to point it out to me. Like, yeah, I'm aware of the massive throbbing zit in the middle of my forehead. Everyone in the universe is aware of it. What would you like me to do about it? Because I can't do anything about it. And the same way, if somebody compliments me on something that like I can rectify or can throw together in five minutes, that doesn't mean as much to me as like something like you have a really great smile or, you know, I really like that outfit or like things that actually take thought, mm-hmm. you know, to, to execute or I don't, I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but. No, I get it though. Cause I feel like I only want, like, if I'm like working towards something mm. like to a goal, I only want feedback on my progress if I've directly asked yes. for it. Yes, yes. One last thing before the, we draw the line. Do you think when it comes to the five love languages, is it possible to use those to love yourself? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because I think it comes back to mindfulness and, mm-hmm. like, knowing what you actually need to recharge and what's mm-hmm. going to feel restful. Because, like, I am someone who, like, Every, like, 90 days or so, I'm like, oh, lots of people like baths. I should take a bath. That's (laughs) self-care. Yeah. And then I sit there and, like, if I got the temperature just right, like, maybe. Or if Mm -hmm. I have, like, the right book or, like, a good movie. Mm -hmm. But, like, I need to be entertained. I can't just, like, hang out in a bathtub. I do not want to do it. My – we don't have a bathtub in my house, which Mm -hmm. is honestly my my biggest beef and the main reason why I want to move. Mm -hmm. But – when I, I, I'm a bath person. I'm not a shower person. I fill up the water like pr- pretty much as hot as I can get it. I put all like my fun add-ons, add-ins. I like turn down the lights, light my candles. Life hack, wherever the toilet in your bathroom is in relation to your bathtub, I promise you, you'll be able to stick a laptop on there and pop open Netflix and be able to see it. In some yeah. capacity. But you need to put a hand towel there so you don't drip on your yes, laptop. Yes, yes. I will say, like, there, it does take some pre-planning, but I watched the entire second season of Gilmore Girls in the bathtub one year, and it was just the best. And then you also can time your bath, too, with, like, okay, an episode is an hour. I'm going to stew for an hour. But what's your, like, of the five love languages, what's your favorite to, like, give love to yourself? Okay, so hilariously, like, quality time is... Solo like, time. Yeah, so it's, like, giving myself permission to just, like, mm-hmm. be alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's mine, too. I noticed, so, like, at the concerts I, I did this last weekend, like, I'm a pretty extroverted person, but I, I definitely hit a wall, and then I need 
to be alone. And I hit a wall during both of those concerts at one point or another. And I just like went inside. I had like picked out my nice quiet spot, like sitting on a couch on a floor that was like not being used of our facility. And I just gave myself permission for 20 minutes to not look up from my phone, like just eat my food, look down, lock in and not care about anything Mm -hmm. that was happening and I think I think actually for most people it's quality time yeah I think yeah and I feel like we've been really critical of love languages and that's yes we have it's not because like the love languages are like inherently bad because I think they have evolved enough that like they can be put to good Mm -hmm. but you can't treat it as like a self-evaluation exercise and then Mm -hmm. be done with it the like actual usefulness Mm -hmm. is like using that as a lens to view like the impact of how your actions Mm -hmm. um are showing up because like yeah like I was talking to a friend once that was like in having relationship struggles and like they were like oh like they just don't understand me and I was like well like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and they they were trying to show love in a way that just like very clearly wasn't the other person's love language yeah but then it was vice versa so Mm -hmm. essentially like they were both feeling frustrated because like their instincts weren't compatible with each other. Right. Um, so in that case, like, they sat down and talked about it. And, the, like, the one person was like, I feel like I'm doing this mm-hmm. and this and this all the time. And, like, you just don't seem to, like, notice. And mm-hmm. the other person was like, well, I keep, like, buying you things. And, like, <laughs> I feel like I, like, haven't figured out how to impress you. And, like, yeah, yeah like, they just weren't speaking each other's language. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... Love languages are a good conversation starter, Mm -hmm. but they're not the whole conversation. It's just, like, it Mm -hmm. can be a really good entry point because I feel like, yeah, there's so many analogies, like, the tacos, where Mm -hmm. they're pretty easy to understand. So, like, if you are in a relationship with someone who, like, historically has not had a lot of opportunities to, like, have a healthy relationship with their own emotions, Mm -hmm. like, it can be a really good starting point. Mm -hmm. But then it's, like what are you going to do from there? So, like, is this part of your plan? Mm -hmm. Is this, like, something where you're going to do, like, regular check-ins about it? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a one and done. I 100% agree. Like, I I think I did spend a lot of this episode kind of poo-pooing love languages. But I I think they, they are a very useful tool that belong in a broader toolkit, that will mm-hmm. help you maintain your relationship. And I think it's also a very accessible starting point. Like, especially in romantic partnerships or even really close friendships, it can be really difficult when things aren't working to just have the initial conversation of, I feel like there's a disconnect, like we aren't understanding each other, things aren't flowing. I feel like this is almost like a really good place to start that conversation Mm -hmm. and also just give you guys give like the people in the relationship a way of like navigating the initial rocky waters for lack of a better term I think it's a really great landing point when you're in the free fall of a relationship that's not working but I I would not say learn the five love languages and you're done (laughs) like everything's going to be good from now on if we come back to the toolkit analogy Mm -hmm. which I love Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think the love languages as a tool would be a hammer where it's like mm. very specifically useful for some things. Yeah. But like you have to work for there to be like finesse involved. Yeah. And like that's 
that is a relationship. I feel like so many people expect, and maybe this is part of just the the pop culture that we as millennials and even some older Gen Zs grew up with. The narrative we're sold in the media is you will meet the right person, you will fall in love and happily ever after awaits. When the reality of the situation is like relationships require a lot of work to continue mm-hmm. functioning across time. And actually, I mentioned in our last episode about mindfulness, I had a really great conversation with a woman named Linda and her husband, James, who I was volunteering with. And at one point I, you know, turned to them and said, you know, I've been in a relationship for five years and we're thinking about getting married soon. You know, any tips? Like I was just making small talk with them. And James said to me very clearly, he was like, you know, you have to approach any relationship you're in as if you're both part of the same team. And you are not always going to both show up 50-50. There will be times when, you know, one person will give 80%, the other person's only able to give 20. And now that I'm saying this, I'm pretty sure we said almost this exact same thing on our podcast once. I think we once said that, like, something about 50-50. And then in the very next episode, we were like, that was very incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) No, and, like, hearing it straight from those two saying, like, you know, it's, it's not easy. It is not easy to love somebody through the many different incarnations of personhood that they will have in their existence. Yeah. But as long as you are committed to loving them however they show up, you are going to find the tools that you need to hammer that out. Yeah. Wow. Button up that analogy. Okay, let's. Well, and I'm going <laughs> to close the loop on this episode where you started with a new catchphrase. You have at work. I think it comes back to like try your best because your mm-hmm. best looks different every day and it looks different mm-hmm. for everyone. But as long as you're both trying your best whenever you can mm-hmm. and like be like able to lean on each other when the best is not available. Yeah. Then I think you'll be okay. Smart cookie, Kelly. Smart cookie. Yeah. All right. Let's draw the line there. What's your rose? For this week? Um, I think, um, yeah, just we have a long weekend. Ooh, mm-hmm. I have a trip coming up. So by the time this episode gets posted, I will mm-hmm. have gone on a trip to L.A. <laughs> with my sister and a friend whose birthday is actually tomorrow mm. um, on the day that we're recording. Um, we're going to see the Jonas Brothers. Fuck yes. We want to go. I want to go to the Grammy Museum because there's a Taylor Swift exhibition right now. Mm-hmm. And we want to go to Harry Potter World. Mm-hmm. And every time I talk about this trip with people, I'm like, I am living my best high school life. But I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been able to share genuine excitement over this trip, even mm-hmm. though some aspects of it might be cringy to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope. Like, I'm not going to, like, downplay this or... I love that. Like, I'm, like, I'm doing this for my high school self because now I have adult money mm-hmm. to do the things that she would have done. I've, I saw this recently on Instagram where it's, like, your 30s are about rediscovering the things you loved when you were 13. Yes. And actually getting to enjoy them as an adult with money, as a person who is beyond that whole negative cloud of shame and just admitting, like, fuck you, I like this. If you want to rain on my parade, like, that says so much about you and nothing about me. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Exactly. Okay, quick rose, and then we ought to draw the line. Quick rose. uh, My rose today is actually you, Kelly, because I, our coffee machine broke, and it broke on Monday, my first day at work. We haven't gotten it fixed yet, so all week I've been running, like, I am pretty coffee dependent at this point. Thanks, John, for giving me that addiction. (laughs) Uh, I was a tea drinker until we met. But 
you today, like I messaged you and I was just like, I'm coming fresh out of these shows. I got no sleep. I've had a migraine for a few days. All I need is just like some caffeine anywhere. And like, I didn't even have to ask you. You're just like, I'm going to get you a coffee from Tim's. Like, what would you like? Okay. Well, first I was like, do you want me to make you a coffee or pick up a coffee? And then I was like, never mind. I do not want to make you a coffee. I will buy you a coffee. Oh, and just like, it's the older I get, the more I appreciate the little ways that people show up for you. And I also think it ties in really nice to this episode. And like my love language apparently is acts of service. And I really appreciated that act of service and not having to ask for help because you know I suck at that. Well, and for me, I'm like anything that I can do so our time together Mm -hmm. is more pleasant for both of us, I'm (laughs) in. Also, Tim Hortons is two blocks from my house. Also, you don't want to see me without a coffee. All right, let's draw the line there. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening.